Our Arts Alive guest today is the golden silversmith and former professor at RMIT University, Robert Baines. As mentioned earlier, Robert won the Herbert Hoffman Prize at Schmuck 2013. And Schmuck is the special jewellery show that forms part of the International Trade Fair in Munich each year. And next year celebrates 55 years. I first asked Robert to tell us more about the prize. There is an annual International Art Fair in Munich. It's usually the first or second week of March. And there's always this part that is about contemporary jewellery. And this is an international survey of art jewellery. And there are a number of awards that are given that the jury, there is is an appointed jury that gives awards and prizes for the best exhibits and things like that. And so the Herbert Hoffman Prize, which has been going for, I think, 59 years or something like that, they give it every year and they usually give three prizes and uh, fortunately I was, well, I received this prize this year. Well, would you distinguish for us between, if you like, uh, consumer jewellery and art jewellery? Okay. Consumer jewellery could be bling. It could be costume jewellery. But we sort of separate it out. It's sort of like... um, well, we call it art jewellery because we see it as an art form. And this is an internationally recognised sort of art discipline, a practice. Technically, we, it sits alongside painting, sculpture, printmaking, ceramics, uh, glass art, and these sorts of ma- things. I was going to ask you, should we think about it as being uh, sculpture in miniature, perhaps? Well, it could be, but, it's, uh, but that sort of um, separates it away from the wearer. And, um, but also with sculpture, um, it's got that sort of monumental sort of condition. And, and yet, in art jewellery, we could say that some of those small, ob- though they're small, they could have a, a little sort of a monumental sort of presence on the body or as, a, as an artefact. So art jewellery is really about uh, the idea it's initially it has to be an original. It's fairly considered that it would have to have as a premise an original idea that it has a uniqueness about it, and that's what bling and diamond jewellery, costume jewellery does not have. But I've been for a number of years now. I've been playing with the with jewellery history. History is always it always sits there and is waiting for a new intervention or a new resurfacing and, and a reconsideration. That's, I think that's the wonderful thing about history, that there is a continual uh, potential for new things. And so one of the things, this time, this the work that I submitted really related to jewellery history, and that was to uh, costume jewellery. And in particular, this sort of nasty bling that um, you can buy at markets and fairs and things like that. And... Um, this is sort of an offshoot of jewellery of the 40s and 50s where things were encrusted with gems like panthers for Miss, Mrs. Simpson. The panther that was made for Mrs. Simpson, this was an encrusted diamond uh, leopard and with blue sapphires and things like this. So this is sort of this high society jewellery, you know, was became the, the sort of the, um, the pasture for... The, the bling merchants, they can make the same thing for a hundredth of the price. And so it's a whole genre of work, this bling. Now, bling 
is not normally considered as art or authentic. Yeah, there is high an art. element of kitsch. Yeah, oh yeah, man, this is kitsch. And that, 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 and is, that can be very fashionable. This, kitsch is a wonderful thing to play with. And so it, it's, I think it sits there available for the artist to look at and to reinterpret. And we see this sampling in all sorts of visual arts. And, and, mu and, music. and in music, yeah, yes, not just Particularly visual. music. Yeah, sampling all the time. So the work you entered was referential to these types of earlier well, I was, uh, I, decorative movements, exactly. costume movements. I purchased some of these, the nastiest and the biggest and most horrible ones parrots leopards elephants um but the smile on your turtles, face suggested you were having a good but time they're as well. so horrible that they're beautiful and they have such a potential so i asked the question this would never be considered in the schmuck annual international art survey jewelry survey this would never be considered you would never submit this so i bought them these pieces the the, the most sort of extreme pieces very big very large and then I made, I mounted them in jewellery pieces, in jewellery constructions. And, the, and so there's a sort of a play of colour, there's a play of complexity, there's a play of detail of structure. And so I'm sort of, I'm transposing them. I'm, I'm, they're tra being transformed into art. This is my endeavour. And then I project them, I put them forward as this is contemporary art jewellery. Now, is there something similar there to what people like Marshall Duchamp was doing with uh, taking the commonplace object yeah. and placing it in the art gallery? No, but he put it up as as a singular object, you know. The, um, he, he was... What I'm doing is I'm sort of mounting this like a precious jewel, this piece of bling, this um, this elephant or a teddy bear. Some of those teddy bears are just superb. You know, so I'm mounting them in the jewel. I'm not just putting it up. As, as an artwork, whereas Duchamp, you know, he the Duchampian found, thing... Yes, he it, took found objects yeah. and changed their context. Yeah, the ready-made, he put it into the art gallery. So you're taking the bling as a source material yeah. for yeah. the creation of art jewellery. Instead of mounting a precious gem, I am saying that the bling is the precious gem and I'm mounting it in this construction. And so that was... The, that was what I put forward. I made about seven pieces, seven or eight pieces, and put them there. And I called this philalery. Now, philalery is a very interesting word. It, some of the definitions, and they are very diverse, I must say, for philalery or philals. And it really means deceit. Another definition is for philalery is that it's a trinket of no worth. And so I thought it's nice from an artistic point of view to pick this up, to raise it and to put it into another context, take it out of that context, put it into an art context where there's, well, I guess I have the advantage that I'm an accepted maker and things like this. It's, it's, sometimes it's really so about... You can get away with it, but I couldn't. Well, I would say sometimes that happens. But look at Damien Hirst and the skull this diamond-encrusted skull. You know, he puts that forward, and that's a work of art. If the Bond Street jewellers who made that piece for Damien Hirst, if the Bond Street jewellers who are bling jewellers, you know, commercial, bup, 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 high society bling makers, if they put that forward as an art, if they put that in schmuck, the International Art Survey, annual International Art Survey, 
it would get dismissed, these Bond Street jewels. But it, sometimes it depends on who the author is. And I guess it's like the Duchampian context again. You know, it was it was because it, partly because it was Duchamp who put this forward. So I think you know I think the artist, the standing of the artist has quite often got an importance. I guess this is the same in in music, in printmaking, in movie making, painting. Yes, the eye of the artist is a, a crucial thing to determine. It's a validation. But, but, the author gives a validation, I think. Now, Robert, you've been many years a jeweller and a mm. teacher. What was it that initially attracted you to the field? Wow, this is a curious thing. <laughs> well, I was fortunate. I went to Eltham High School. I was a high, I wasn't. I was a high school boy, and uh, there were some very interesting art people there teaching art. And I think it, also Eltham was a, an area, a community of art and craft. Sometimes more craft than art, and sometimes about more about lifestyle than art making a unique artifact. But there was a culture there, and I think there was a benefit in that. And uh, so then I came to RMIT School of Art, who had this wonderful gold and silversmithing program, um, and I benefited greatly by that. That gave me a, a great sort of premise to 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 um, sort of to give a body of knowledge to give me such a grounding in knowledge of the goldsmith and the silversmith historical and contemporary and then for for me to sort of venture out with my research and uh, so it's really been quite a I think teaching you know I taught 33 years and I'm still involved in postgraduate but uh, I think also teaching is really important uh, individually but also imparting knowledge to the student, but also personally, I think it does empower you because, you know, it makes you do the work. It makes you find the answers before they ask the questions, you know. Well, now that you've retired from undergraduate teaching, mm. I presume you'll be delivering, I presume you'll be devoting much more time to jewellery. Well, more research, more, more subjects. More ambushing the international jewellery trade? Yeah, more ambushes. That's a good idea, I think. But there's lots of opportunities, I think. You know, it's just a matter of taking them. And But uh, I've been one of these people that's always been subject-based. I'm not... Although technique is really important, you know, knowing the nuts and bolts of how things are put together and being able to play within those rules. And knowing the, the nature of the metals, I presume, too. Yeah, that's right. All that, that sort of... All, that's an incredible potential there. But I think really a, a primary consideration is the subject what is the subject that you choose and what how can you convey that subject materially and so what sort of uh, engagement with those materials do you require what sort of processes that can extend the subject I, I think in simplest in a simplistic sort of way that's they're the primary thinking well now that most consumer jewellery is made by machines. Mm. Is there still a role for the craftsman jeweller? Well, I think there's all the more reason to have in our community people who are making personal jewellery and they're not, uh, they have the facilities of, of 
computer-aided design. They have the facility of computer-aided uh, manufacture, like casting and things like this. This is a wonderful era, a wonderful period. And this automated jewellery, this horrible things that keep being put out into the butchers, I mean the, um, the jewellery shops. For the individual, the thinker, and, and connecting with people and making that sort of uh, artefact that, that um, has a sensitivity to um, the maker or the wearer's um, history, the, wear, the wearer's sort of considerations, the, wear, the wearer's values, all these things. And I think we have a real benefit here by this university, RMIT, has had this very active program within the School of Art for decades you know, for a long time, more than eight decades, it has been doing this. And so the offshoot of all of that, one of them, is that Melbourne has a number of contemporary jewellery galleries. People go and purchase special jewellery, special artefact. And these galleries are really alumni, are run by and originated by alumni from the RMIT program. You know, and so, but it's also influenced the National Gallery that, that these institutions that collect. You know, we've been informing, we've empowered, we've given them an empowerment by the, the knowledge that we have put out, and so they've collect, they've continued to collect, and and they continually refer to us. They continually are our examiners. You know, so there's that wonderful exchange, and so I think that's why Melbourne is very important. And, uh, you know, Sydney, there's no other city in, the, in, in Australia that has that sort of, uh, that sort of interrelated uh, connectedness of, of contemporary art jewellery, you know. And this also influences Australia Council um, funding and things. So there's, a, there's a, quite an activity here of, of output, not just locally. I see a lot of the, the graduates, the alumni, they sell through these jewellery galleries so there's that sort of community network, but also it gives the base for them, and with the Australia Council recognition, Arts Victoria recognition, it empowers them to make uh, books, publications, and to go out and venture into the, the Europe, America, with exhibitions and with their books. So, you know, it, it really is a sort of a, a compounding increment of association. It, there's a real compounding benefit and uh, you know I, I've some of our our graduates our alumni you know they're really major figures now internationally you know doing tours in the USA winning all the major most of the major prizes in Europe uh, and showing in these sort of invited and selected sort of uh, events so you know we we, we really influence um, these major uh, venues and major um, sort of stakeholders of, of contemporary jewellery in, in Europe, in Britain, United States. So I, I think it's important that it keeps going and that we don't get distracted by some superficial little things along the side and, and driven by finance, that, that the pedagogy, the real pedagogy, um, with a knowledge of the history but also the changing world, that we can, it can still be vibrant, it can still relate, it can still be, have an importance to the contemporary. And this what will attract further new people into the, into the discipline, I think.
Well, Robert, thank you very much for appearing on Arts Live and congratulations again on your award in Munich. Okay, thank you.